If you believe that, just give God praise in this place. Come on, I believe God is moving in this place. I believe God is breaking chains in this place. him come on and let him know how appreciative you are for him blessing you come on 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 he's worthy to be praised what an awesome God we serve. Amen. You may make your way back to your seats. Amen. God is a good God. Amen. And we bless him on this morning. Amen. Thank him for meeting us in this place. How many glad about that this morning? Hallelujah. How many glad that you come to the house of God this morning? Something about being in the house of God, being in his presence, where he can release what he wants to do in and through your life. Amen. We bless him on this morning. Come on and give our praise team a hand clap on this morning. Amen. Our band this morning. Amen. Our media team, all those that are serving on this morning. Amen. Those in our youth, our ushers, our greeters. Amen. We thank God today for everything that's been said and done up until this appointed time in the house of God. Amen. It's a blessing to be in the house of God on another Sunday. Amen. We could be lying on our bed of affliction. We could be pushing up daisies, but look what the Lord has done. Amen. He's brought us into his house. Amen. To give him the glory and the praise. Amen. So we thank him on today. Come on and give our first lady a hand clap. Amen. We thank God for her on today. Amen. Do we have any first-time guests that are, that are with us on today? Amen. Just wave your hands to us. Amen. I see a few hands. Amen. We're honored and privileged, amen, to have you in this house on today. We don't take it for granted. We realize that you could have been somewhere else. There are many other churches in the Clayton and surrounding area, but you're in this house on today. So we are definitely privileged and honored, amen, to have you here. Amen. Thank God for those that are returning guests. Uh, thank God for you. Amen. Returning uh, back here to faith. Amen. And we celebrate those that will be joining us. Amen. By way of social media, we thank God 
uh, for you uh, that would that that have, that will be joining us. Amen. We thank God that this is Black History Month. Amen. Black History Month. Amen. It began as Negro History Week in 1926, but in 1976, amen, there was a shift. Amen. Well, we're celebrating it the entire month, but I don't know why I celebrate it every day. Amen. I'm glad to be, I'm glad to be black. Amen. Black and I'm proud. Y'all ain't gonna help me. <laughs> Amen. But we thank God. Thank God for what this month means. We thank God for all those that have paved the way uh, for us. Amen. We thank God uh, for them. Martin Luther King Jr., Rosa Parks, Thurgood Marshall. Amen. I mean, just, just to name a few. Uh, Shirley Crimson, uh, James Combs, Stokely McCarmichael. Amen. We thank God for all of those, amen, that paved the way. And those that are yet continuing amen, to pave the way uh, for us. We are honored and truly thank God. Amen. Uh, I mean, this goes all the way back uh, to the Bible. I mean, y'all do know we was in the Bible, right? Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Y'all remember the, the eunuch, amen, that met Philip? Amen. He was one of us. Amen. He, and he gets saved. He gets delivered. And he takes... He takes Christ back with him. Takes Christ back with him. And as he takes Christ back with him, understand he makes a difference in the lives of other people. And we understand that he was just not a, a normal man, but he was a treasurer of the Queen of Candace, Queen Candace. And we understand that that means that he had some loot. Y'all ain't gonna help me. He wasn't poor. Amen. We, we were never meant to be poor. Y'all ain't going to help me. Amen. He was wealthy. So wealth is important. We're going to talk about that in a couple of weeks as we're going to dive into our new series called Loot uh, in a couple of weeks. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, money. We're going to talk about finances. It's amazing. Everybody wants it, but don't nobody want to talk about it. Y'all ain't going to help me this morning. Amen. But I didn't come to talk about that this morning. Grab your Bibles. We're going to the Gospel of John this morning. We've been in an awesome series. How many have enjoyed this particular series branching out? Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Grab your Bibles. We're going to the Gospel of John, uh, the 15th verse. I'm going to read 1 through 8 in your hearing. I ask that you would stand for the reading of the Word of God. As you're looking uh, for John, we understand that John writes this from a perspective not of a biology of Jesus, but instead he writes this as a thematic presentation of Jesus' life. John records for us the words of Jesus, which is critical. Because out of everybody else speaking, I want to know what Jesus says. Yeah. So we see here that Jesus is speaking in John 15. Starting at the first verse, Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. 
while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes it so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because the word I have spoken to you. He says, remain in me as I also remain in you. He says, no branch can bear fruit of itself. It must remain in the vine. Critical. He says, neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. He says, if you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withered, and such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. It says, this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As I make this final installment in this series this morning, I want to talk to you from the subject, Remain in the Vine. Remain in the Vine. Let's pray. Father, we're honored today. We thank you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you for being a great God, a kind God, a merciful God, that you would wake us up this morning, clothing our right minds, activities of our limbs, ability of our senses. We thank you, God, that you've given us another opportunity to come into the house of God among our inheritance, among our brothers and sisters in Christ. We thank you for that. And Father, as we're here, not out of form or fashion, but God, to worship you and to honor you and to hear your word. God, I pray you said you withhold no good thing from us. So release in this place your word, God, for you know your people. God, we thank you right now for the word that shall be declared in this place. For this is our prayer in Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. Look at somebody and say, remain in the vine. Remain in the vine. Remain in the vine. Over the last month, we have established that God wants to, for each and every one of us, it is God's desire that we flourish spiritually, relationally, materially, vocationally, and mentally. And in order to do so, we've talked about things that we need to snip off of our life. We talked about those things that are attached to us, that hinder our growth, that hinder us from being in a position so that we can truly flourish like God intended us to flourish. Week one, we talked about snipping off the myth of more. In the second week, we looked at the snipping of broken relationships or broken branches in our relationships. And last week, we learned something about God, that God uses his divine discipline in order to snip off some things in our lives, some things that we wouldn't necessarily snip off. Because sometimes we want to hold on to them. But God in his infinite wisdom knows uh, uh, our purpose and he knows our plans. He knows the desires that he has for our life. And therefore, sometimes God has to step in his own self and begin to snip. Yeah. This week uh, in our text this morning, uh, understand Jesus 
uses a different plant. I had the tree up here, the fig tree. Uh, uh, but this morning, Jesus uses a, a different plant to illustrate his relationship to us. Jesus uses the vine. Yeah, uses the vine. Yeah, in the series, we have looked at the fact that Adam and Eve were excommunicated from the garden. They were excommunicated from the garden because they failed to obey God. God told them to, to not partake of the tree of good and evil, but they were beguiled by the, ser the, the serpent and they fell into his trap and they partook of the fruit. And because there was a tree of life in the middle of the garden, God did not want them to stay there because if they had a partaken of that particular tree, they would have lived forever in that condition. Mm, what a loving God. Sometimes uh, he has to do the hard things. Yeah. In order to, uh, for us to see or, or to, in order to position us for the long-range purpose and plans that he has for our life. Sometimes it might hurt. I imagine that it hurt because Adam and Eve were in a garden that were flourishing, a garden that had everything, and now they've taken out. Mm. So I can imagine they were painful. But can you also imagine that now because they are outside of the garden, it also means that they are outside of the presence of God. Yeah, the presence of God. The presence of God is critical. Yeah, the, the, we understand that Jesus, uh, God would come in the cool of the day and he would uh, talk with them. He would commune with them. But now since uh, they have sinned against him and they are, are being put outside of the garden, understand now they do not have the uh, availability, the opportunity to, to commune with God like they used to. Mm. Yeah, this is significant because understand, I, I, I need the presence of God. Anybody need the presence of God? Yeah, they, they were outside of his presence. And matter of fact, we find out that it is not until Moses and the children of Israel in the wilderness does God's presence appear unto them again. Yeah. I mean, from, from the time they were excommunicated from the God and understand he would show himself to them by miracle signs and occasionally angels, but not his presence yeah but now understand Moses and the children of Israel yeah they 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 get the opportunity to now experience the presence of God and he appears to them uh, uh, in the form of a cloud by day and a pillar by night this is centuries later the the presence of God is a beautiful thing yeah I mean once you have experienced the presence of God Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. There's nothing like the presence of God. Ah, uh, yeah, the power of God, the, the existence in God in your life. I wish I had a witness in here uh, that, that, that when you have experienced the presence of God, I, I don't want to experience anything other than his presence. Ah, uh, yeah, there's something about the presence of God. The presence of God is a, a, a powerful thing. I, I mean, his presence frees us. 
Yeah, I wish I had a witness in here. I mean, it was Paul in 2 Corinthians 3 and 17. It says, now the Lord is the spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. I, I didn't find freedom until I, I, I got into the presence of God. Yeah, I, I, I thought things uh, uh, that I could attach in life uh, brought freedom, but I found out that there was no freedom in them. The true freedom I found when I came into the presence of a holy God. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, I mean, uh, uh, his presence frees us. His presence not only frees us, but it gives us strength. This is what uh, uh, the writer of Psalms uh, says in Psalms 27 and 1. He says, the Lord is the strength of my life. Uh, I don't know about anybody else, but I thank God that I got the strength of God. Uh, I, I tried to live this life in my own strength, but I found out that there are situations and circumstances that sap my strength. And I'm so glad that I got access to a God that has all power in heaven and in earth, that all I got to do is call on him and he will infuse me with the strength I need uh, at the time I need it. Uh, I mean, his presence uh, not only gives us, free, uh, uh, gives us freedom and gives us strength, but it also gives us stability. Yeah, I, I love what David said in Psalms 23 and 4. He says, even though I walk through the valley, uh, uh, the darkest valley, or the, uh, he says, uh, I will not fear evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. David says, he brings me stability, even though I'm going through the valley, even though I got some situations and circumstances that don't feel good, even though I can't see my way, I know that if I trust God, God, that God is going to give me some stability in the midst of whatever I'm going through. I wish I had somebody in here that appreciate the stability of God. Uh, not only that, but his presence gives me peace. Uh, yeah, Paul said in Philippians 4 and 7, and the peace of God that transcends all understanding with God, your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. I'm so glad that I got a peace that the world can't take from me. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I thought I found peace in the world. I, I, I thought I found peace in things. I thought I found peace in people. But I'm so glad that there's nothing like the peace of God. Can I get a witness in the building? Ah, uh, that when you're going through, that when you can't see your way, that when situations don't turn out, that you don't have to rely on man, but you can call on God to soothe the situation. He'll give you a, a peace that surpasses all understanding. People will look at you and what you're going through and the problems that you have in your life and wonder how in the world can you have the peace it's cause I got the peace of God oh there's nothing like his peace yeah I'm getting ahead of myself but I don't know about anybody else but I need his peace uh, I, I, I can't make it without his presence uh, yeah anybody need it <laughs> Anybody need the presence of God? I understand what David declared in Psalms 51 and 11. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. I, I understood why he said, Lord, don't leave me. It was uh, Moses that said, if, uh, 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 if you're going to send us up, uh, uh, yeah, don't send us up without your presence. I, I 
I need the presence of God everywhere I go. I wish I had a witness in here. I mean, no matter whether I'm going to the store, no matter whether I'm driving down the highway, no matter uh, whether I'm at work, no matter whether I'm dealing with family, I need the peace of God. I, I, I need God to come into the midst of my situation and bring something that I can't find nowhere else. Nowhere else uh, does me like the presence of God. I, I don't care. No matter who I'm before, if I'm not before God, there's not a peace that, 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 that they can give me, that can soothe me, huh, that can heal me, that, that can deliver me, that can set me free. I wish I had a witness in the building. Uh, so being connected to God is vital. It's vital. I mean, this is what Jesus is trying to get over to us in our text this morning. Jesus talks about the vine. Yeah. And in Jesus' day, understand, vines were important. Uh, I mean, typically everywhere you went, uh, there were vines. There were grapevines. Uh, Jesus, uh, in his day, understand, the temple even had pillars that were engraved with grapevines. Matter of fact, uh, the coins that they had during that time were engraved with grapevines. So grapevines were critical. They were important. And Jesus uses this. Jesus often teaches things and uses things that people can relate to. So he brings his disciples into this conversation and begins to talk to them about vines. Uh, let me set the stage. Uh, we understand that. Uh, previously, two verses, two chapters over, Jesus is sitting with his disciples in the upper room. Jesus is about to be crucified. He's about to be offered up for the sins of the world. And as he's sitting there, understand that amongst him are his disciples, and amongst their disciples is one by the name of Judas. Jesus gets up after they have partaken of the Lord's Supper, after they've eaten uh, the lamb, after they've uh, taken of the wine and the bread. And uh, he gets up and he literally is on his way to Gethsemane to be betrayed by Judas. And he begins to talk to them along the way. And uh, some believe, uh, some scholars believe that as he's walking along the way, that he's seeing grapevines, that he's walking by the temple, that he's walking by the vineyard, and he takes and uses that illustration as they are walking so that they could relate to what he's saying. They can visually see what he's saying out of his mouth. Jesus tells them in the first verse, he says, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. Now here Jesus, understand, he he, he, he uses, or, or this is one of the seven I am statement that Jesus makes. Jesus says in, in John 6 and 35, I'm the bread of life. In 8 and 12, he says, I am the light of the world. In 10 and 7, he says, I am the door of the sheep. In, in 10 and 11 and 14, he says, I am the good shepherd. In 11 25, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. And then in 14 and 16, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus wants them to know who he is. 
Uh, if we back up to Genesis, we understand that as he calls Moses and ushers Moses into his uh, assignment to deliver the children of Israel, uh, Moses asked the question, he asked the question, who shall I say uh, sent me? And he says, tell him I am that I am. Uh, Jesus is trying, or God is trying to, to let us know who he is, that he can be what you need and he can be what I need. That he's not uh, 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 held by any uh, limitations. That whatever you need God to do, God will show up and he will show out. That if you need him to be a healer, he'll be a healer. If you need him to be a deliverer, he'll be a deliverer. Uh, that whatever you need this morning, I'm here to tell you that God will meet you right where you are. Anybody glad about that this morning? So he tells them that I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. Now this is critical because he uses the word true here, which means that there are going to be some false Ah, yeah, yeah. Anytime God has to use true, uh, we have to understand that false is going to show up somewhere down the line. And he wants you to understand, uh, yeah, he wants you to understand uh, that he is true. Uh, that you can look at everything else and it look good and sound good, uh, but the truth of the matter is it's not like him. Uh, matter of fact, Israel was uh, called the vine in the Bible. Uh, Psalms 80, the psalmist says to God, you brought us from Egypt as though we were a tender vine. And then in Jeremiah 21 and 20, 20 and 21, he says, yet I have planted thee a noble vine, holy, a right seed. How then are thy turned into a, a degenerate plant? of a strange vine unto me. Notice the digression. He says Israel was a, a, a noble vine at the beginning. But somewhere down the line, something happened and they began to be a strange vine. See, because Israel could not serve God fully because uh, they were stuck in their flesh. Uh, I wish I had a witness in here. You, you know how we do. We start out good, but somewhere down the line, we fall prey to our flesh, to our lustful desires. And this is what the same thing that happened to the children of Israel. So God shows up. So Jesus came on the scene, and he became the fulfillment of Israel and the promise of God in person. He is the true vine, the real vine, the genuine vine. What Israel could not do, he did. Uh, Y'all ain't going to help me this morning. Uh, he became the, the vine. He became the in-between, between, between uh, the father and the branch. Uh, uh, I don't know about you, but I'm so glad that he was willing to come in between uh, in order to deliver us, in order to set us free. Understand, none of us would be here this morning if he did not decide, yeah, to step in between the father, uh, yeah, and the branch. Uh, in other words, he stepped between the father and you and I. Uh, we would be stuck in our own self if God had not looked down through 42 generations uh, uh, just to save a wretch like you and I. That's right, we were wretches, we were unclean, we were nasty, we were dirty, we were filthy. Uh, yeah, we came out of our mother's womb shacked with iniquity. But thanks be to God that he looked past our faults and saw our knees. Anybody glad about it this morning? He was willing to do 
what nobody else could do. So Jesus says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. Yeah, so the father's role is to cut off every branch in me that bears not fruit. This is what Jesus is saying. He says, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. So here Jesus is letting us know that there are two types of vines or two types of branches. There's the branch that produces, and then there's the branch that doesn't produce. <laughs> Both are connected to the vine, uh, but one is only fulfilling its role. See, the branch is supposed to produce fruit. I mean, who in the world is going to plant a fruit tree and not expect to get some fruit from it? I mean, if I'm planting a peach tree somewhere down the line, I'm going to expect to walk out of my house, uh, walk down the yard, look at the tree, pick out a peach from the tree, and eat it. Y'all ain't going to help me. Uh, yeah, so I'm not planting nothing that I'm not looking to reap something from. So that's what God does. He, he's an, an expectant God. He expects something. He expects something from you and I. He expects us to produce fruit. He expects us to live a life that's holy and righteous for him. He didn't die just for nothing, but he died that you might live. He died that you might produce fruit. He died so that you can love, so that you can walk right, so that you can talk right, so that you can live right. Uh, how dare we not produce what God has ultimately established in us because it is God that has put the fruit in us to be produced. I wish I had a witness in here. See, from the beginning, he wanted us to be productive. From Genesis, he says, he tells Adam and Eve, I want you to be fruitful and to multiply. I know we always thinking he's talking about children, having children. But the truth of the matter is God wants us productive in every area of our lives. He tells us to occupy till it comes. Don't sit down. Don't sit out. Don't throw in the towel. No, don't give up. He says, I need you producing something. I need you to activate what I put inside of you. God does not want you dormant. He does not want you sitting around looking at everybody else. There's something in you that God wants to come out. I wish I had a witness in here. Ah, that's what God wants. He's, he's the gardener. Oh, I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, the gardener is not only concerned about the quality, but can I suggest that he's concerned about the quality? Yeah, I mean, pruning is necessary to produce a healthy fruit. You think about a, a natural grapevine, uh, when left unpruned, will produce clusters so excessive that the grapevine is unable, uh, or the grapes on the vine is unable to ripen like they should. <laughs> uh, so, so, so the purpose of pruning is to obtain maximum yield of high quality grapes. So God doesn't just want grapes. He just doesn't want us to produce, but he wants high quality production. 
Ah, yeah, because see, that's what God does. Uh, he produces at a high quality, and because we are made in his image and likeness, God expects the same thing out of each and every one of us. No, he doesn't want that little thing. No, no, he doesn't want us to think small. No, he wants us to think big. Uh, he wants us to do big things. Uh, uh, he wants us to do great things. I wish I had a witness in here. Uh, sometimes we limit our own self because of our thinking, but God wants us to think big. Somebody said think big yeah he wants you to think big so when God prunes understand it doesn't always feel good uh, y'all got quiet right there <laughs> uh, see it's one thing uh, to put pruning shears in the hand of somebody that's unqualified uh, unqualified gardener we all seen those trees and bushes that uh, you know you wonder who in the world got a hold of them uh, I mean, they're jacked up uh, because somebody unskilled has shears in their hand and didn't know what they were doing. But I'm so glad this morning that we got a master. We got a master gardener. That's right. The king of kings and the Lord of lords. He's a master gardener. And what I love about him is that he knows right where to cut. He knows how to cut. Uh, can I get a witness in here? Uh, he'll cut you right at the laceration where, at the branch where you need to be cut. And what I love about God is when he cuts, uh, uh, yeah, see, uh, it might hurt, but it's going to help. Uh, it might make you cry, but it's going to be all right after a while. Uh, because he's the master gardener. I'm so glad this morning that the shields are not in your hands uh, uh, because you might slip me in the wrong place. Uh, you might cut me because you don't like me. You might cut me because you want to get back at me. But I'm so glad that I got a God that sits high and looks low. He knows exactly where to cut. Anybody glad about that this morning? Oh, you ought to praise God that he's a master cutter and that he knows right where to cut you when you need to be cut. He knows the time and he knows how. Can I get a witness in the building? He's a master cutter. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, understand, he is after bringing forth a life of abundance because John 10 10 said the thief come not but to steal kill and destroy but Jesus says I showed up uh, that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly so every time God cuts you understand there's gonna be multiplication every time God breaks you understand he's gonna produce something in your life that couldn't be produced unless you've been cut that's why every now and then you gotta praise God for the cutting you gotta thank God that he cuts you you gotta thank God that he broke you you gotta thank God right where you are glory to God that he is the master God and he's doing what he designed to do he'll cut you right where you need to be cut can I get a witness to the building somebody praise God praise the master cutter master God oh yeah Rushing me, rushing me. The word cut off. Katharia uh, in the Greek is also used to understand as to lift up. So I can imagine Jesus walking with his disciples. I can imagine he's seeing the grapes that are hanging down. And anytime a grape hangs down, 
to the ground, understand, is not able to receive the nutrients that is needed in order to be productive. Uh, yeah, if it's hanging low, understand, it's not able to get the, the sunlight that it needs, the photosynthesis that it needs in order to be strong uh, and produce like it needs to be produced. So the farmer puts a vine on trellises to lift them off the ground. He cleans them off. He cuts them off. Uh, he cuts off the things that sap the branch of its vitality and strength. <laughs> and that's what God does in our life. He sees things in our life that are sapping the vitality and the strength of our life. And he begins to take his divine snips and begin to cut those things off of our life. See, he removes the suckers that uh, sap the vitality and the strength out of your life. Every now and then, you need some sucker snip. Uh, Y'all ain't going to help me. Uh, you need some sucker snip. Yeah, suckers that are trying to suck your life. Suckers that are trying to suck your vitality. Suckers that are trying to suck your praise, suck your worship. Every now and then, you need God to cut the suckers. Uh, you ought to tell. You ought to tell God, thank you for cutting the suckers out of my life. Uh, they didn't mean you're any good. Uh, uh, they look good. They smell good, but they didn't mean you're any good. Uh, they brought you gifts. Uh, uh, yeah, they talk sweet to you, but they didn't mean you're any good. Y'all ain't gonna help me in here. Every now and then, he had to cut the suckers. Uh, the job might have been a sucker, so he cut the sucker out of your life uh, uh, so that you can flourish, so that you can find the real job, or so that you can be an entrepreneur entrepreneur and open up your own business uh, because the job was sucking your life uh, uh, but I thank God that God is a God that is able to cut the suckers out of my life can I get a witness in the building oh anybody glad about it oh my God my God oh, let me say this right here that not all of the stuff that God prunes is because of some sin we have committed. God would take away and regrow in amazing ways. I love this. I thought about this. I said, God never removes something in your life if he didn't have something better to replace it, place it with. Uh, that's why, yeah, we ought to not complain when God removes some things out of our life because God knows our end from our beginning. Uh, he shaped and formed us. Uh, uh, Jeremiah, he says, I knew you. I, I, I formed you uh, uh, to be a prophet of the nation. God knows exactly what he designed for your life. And therefore, sometimes he has to remove those things in order to bring the better things in your life. I thank God as I think back over my life all the things he had to remove I cried about him I questioned him but now I look back behind sight and I thank God for cutting I thank God for removing those things out of my life somebody ought to praise God right here for removing the things out of your life I know it well I know you stayed up late at night I know you wondered why but you ought to praise God because he knows your end from your beginning oh my god Jesus makes a powerful statement he goes on to say uh, remain in me remain in me remain remain means to abide to not depart to be in 
constant communion with him. God said, uh, I need you to stay close to me. Uh, I, I want to tell us that we are living in a day and time that we need to stay close to God. Ah, yeah, yeah. As you look at the news, as you look at all that's going on, wars and rumors of wars and wars that are actually going on, understand it's time to stay close to God. Ah, uh, yes, yeah, time to get in God's face. Uh, what we've done over the last month, we've been praying and fasting. We've been getting in God's face. We've been denying our flesh. Why? Because we understand that we can't make it by ourselves. Ah, uh, that I need God every ounce of the day. So he says, remain in me. And the reason he says remain in me, he gives us some benefits of remaining in him. The first one, uh, he says, it produces fruit. Jesus says, apart from me, or apart from, yeah, apart from me, you can do nothing. Nothing. Somebody said nothing. Absolutely nothing. Anything that's going to be productive. Anything that's going to be spiritual. He says, you can't do nothing without me. Uh, but how many of us have tried? We've tried to do things without God. Uh, we tried this and we tried that and ultimately we found out that it didn't work. Uh, but when you in God, he says, uh, but within or in him, we, are, we, we, are, we, are, we will bear fruit. We are productive. So naturally thinking, a branch's job is to produce fruit. But it cannot do it on its own. It has to have the vine. Because the vine releases the sap into the branch in order to release the fruit uh, that the branch is intended uh, to produce. So understand, without the vine, there is no sap. Y'all ain't going to help me. Uh, without God, there is no productivity. Without God, there is no energy. Without God, there is no strength. Jesus says that the only way you're going to be productive is you have to remain in him. And we've tried it. We, you know, we, we've, been, we, we've been good. You know how we do. We, you know, uh, you know it, it'll last for a week. Uh, it'll last for a couple of months. Uh, but ultimately, the real you going to show up. Uh, <laughs> the real you is going to come out. I mean, we try to do everything right, but Jesus says the only way to live true, the only way to live a truly good life is to stay connected to him. We would never reach our fullest potential without being connected to God. Never will we reach our fullest potential. And I don't know about you, but I told you in 2024, I want to be at my fullest potential. Anybody want to be at your fullest potential? Well, God said, you can't do it without me. He says, you got to remain in the vine. Oh, I got to make it a little clearer. Yeah, remain in the vine. Uh, yeah, uh, so, so uh, if you got internet, understand, if you got internet, uh, I mean, like internet in this building and internet in your house. Uh, there's a router. Uh, no internet, no router, no internet. <laughs> uh, so, so, so Jesus is the the Wi-Fi uh, uh, coming through the internet, coming through the router, and we are the devices. Uh, and, and understand that if we get further away from the router, the signal is less. I mean, there are going to be glitches in the signal. 
uh, I mean, the further you get away, uh, the longer it's going to take. You know that circle? It's going to keep on, keep on going around. <laughs> yeah, trying to find that signal. But as you get closer back uh, uh, to, 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 the, to the router, understand the signal gets stronger. And that's what God is saying in this season of our life. We got to stay close to God uh, because I need a powerful signal. I need to be able to hear from God. I need the power of God in my life. Anybody need the power of God in your life? I need to be able to make the right decisions. I'm tired of making the wrong decisions and suffering with the results. No, I need clarity. I need clarity from God. I need to be on the right frequency with God. I need God to be able to download into me what he needs to download into me without any problem. Glory to God. And it's going to take us staying and remaining in God. Staying close to him. I know it's going to be difficult. I know it's going to be hard. We got a lot of distractions. But I'm here to tell you, it's time to remove the distractions out of your life. Look at your neighbor and say, remove the distractions. Remove the distractions. Remove the distractions. Because God want to download something in your life. God want to give you power. He want to give you power. He want to cause you to live a holy and a righteous life. He want to cause you to make the right decisions. He want to cause you to walk in discernment. He want to cause you to be able to lay hands on your own children. He want to cause you to be able to walk in your job and shift the atmosphere. Glory to God. He want to cause you, glory to God, to be able to speak over your own money. Y'all ain't going to help me be able to speak over your own body. God, break healing and restoration. God wants to release some power into our lives. He says, I, I've given you power from on high. I've given you the paracletes. I've given you the Holy Spirit. I've infused you with power and you're not using it uh, because you're too far away from me. I need you to draw now. He said, you draw now to me and I will draw now to you. It's time to draw now to God. Can I get a witness in the building? Oh, I need to draw now unto him. My goodness. I got to go. I got to go. But verse 6, he says, if you do not remain in me, he says, you're like a branch that is thrown away and withered. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. So he's letting us know here that there's a choice to remain. We all have to make a conscious decision whether we're going to remain in God or not. Uh, but he's letting us know uh, that evidently some will not remain. See, because when God has to prune us, uh, uh, yeah, sometimes he, he has to use chastisement. Uh, sometimes he has to use rebuke. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes he has to use circumstances and situations. And sometimes because of that, uh, people don't, people run from God. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know I got some witnesses in here. I mean, we all have been there. Sometime in our life that God has uh, brought some type of chastisement, some type of discipline, pruned our life in some way or another, and we didn't like it. And we let God know we didn't like it. Huh. 
but it caused us to move away from him. Uh, and anytime God prunes us and we move away from him, understand there's no, productiv no productivity out of the prune. Uh, God prunes us so that we can stay close to him, so that we can flourish. So there's a choice that has to be made. He says, you're like a branch that is thrown away and withered, and such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and are burned. Uh, yeah, the, the Bible says, anyone who puts their hand to the plow and looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. So that's why he says, I need you to remain because if you get in and then get out, he says, you're not fit for the kingdom of God. And I don't know about you, but I, I need to be fit for the kingdom. Yeah. I, 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 there, there's something in the kingdom that I need uh, uh, in this kingdom and in my heavenly kingdom. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm not, uh, I, I'm not a, uh, 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 yeah, I, I, I like air conditioning. Uh, I, I, I mean, uh, you, you know, when it's, when it's 100 degrees here, uh, 89 degrees, 90 degrees, uh, you know, uh, uh, you see I'm sweating right now? Yeah, I, I, I don't like, I, I don't like the heat. Uh, so in order for me to prepare for, for a place to, for, to prepare for a place that he's already prepared for me, then I gotta prepare right here. I gotta make the conscious choice that I'm gonna remain in God. Huh? Because see, I don't want him, uh, the Bible talks about Matthew 7, I believe it talks about, uh, you know, in that day, uh, you know, uh, we're gonna say, you know, I, I prophesied in your name, you know, I. I I, I preached in your name. <laughs> you know, I done good things in your name. And he gonna say, you know, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I, I, I know you're not. I don't, I don't want that to be my testimony. I want him to say, well done, well done, thy good and faithful servant. So I gotta make a choice now. Not tomorrow, now. I gotta make sure I remain in God now. Matter of fact, seven says that if you remain in me and my word remain in you <laughs> he says ask <laughs> what you wish and it will be done to you huh? so the second benefit is it opens uh, you up to answer prayers how many people have been praying for some things from God uh, how, how many wanting God to bless your life and bless your family and bless your health and you know you done gave God all those uh, petitions and, and and maybe you've not received it yet maybe it has not been released in your life yet he says the closer you are to me uh, that, that you'll be able to ask the reason that you're going to be able to ask and receive it is not because God is some genie uh, no because when you are close to him you know how to pray when you're close to him, you're on the right frequency that God is on. When you're close to him, you're not asking for crazy stuff, but you're asking stuff based upon his will for your life. In other words, you in tune with God to know what his will is, that you're not asking amiss, but you're asking his promises. And God is a God that when you ask in his promises, the Bible says that he's a God that cannot lie. Glory to God that heaven and earth will pass away before his word return void unto him. 
So when we are in God and when we're close to him and when we remain in him, we will speak like God speaks. We will declare like God declares over our life that we are the head and not the tail, that we are above and not beneath, that we're blessed going in and coming out, that I'm highly favored of the Lord and everything I put my hands to, he's going to bless. And not only am I going to be blessed, but my children going to be blessed. My children's children, children is going to be blessed. Matter of fact, I'm going to have enough in my cupboard. Matter of fact, there's going to be an overflow. I wish I had a witness in here. He says, I wish above all things that thou would prosper and be in health even as thy soul prosper. And when I'm in God, I can speak healing over my body. Though I get the diagnosis, a matter of fact, I need the diagnosis so I know what to pray for. Don't get all trouble when you get a diagnosis because God got the final say. Sometimes God got to send the diagnosis to your life so that you can get on your knees, so that you can utter that prayer unto him, so that you can tap into the, the heavenless glory to God and God can release what he wants to release in your life. It was Hezekiah that turned his face to the wall and said, Lord, I need you to add on to my life. And because he was in the will of God, before the man got out of the gate, God said, turn around. Go back and tell him, I'm adding 15 years on to your life. Matter of fact, he stopped the sun in the sky. He held time. Why? Because Hezekiah was tapping into the divine. And I'm here to tell you that that's what God wants us to tap into in the divine. Stop speaking things that are not God. When you're in tune with God, you will speak like God speaks. You will say like God says. Glory to God. And it had to come to pass because God is a God that cannot lie. Somebody ought to praise him right there because he's that kind of God. Glory to God. I'm here to tell you, I don't know what you prayed over this last month, but I hear God saying because I've seen your prayers, because I've heard your petitions, because I've seen you turn down your plate, I'm about to release something over your life because you tapped into the divine. You tapped into the heavens of heavens. Glory to God. And I'm going to send rain down. I'm going to send it down over your life. I'm going to send it down over your health. I'm going to send it down over your money. I'm going to send it down over your children. I'm going to send it down over your job. I'm going to send it down over your mind. I wish somebody would grab it right there and go ahead and praise God for what he's getting ready to do in your life. He's releasing it. He's releasing it. I see the heavens opening. Glory to God. It was uh, Jacob, Jacob, Jacob. Jacob was on his way. And the Bible said that Jacob made, made an altar. He got down on his knees. He began to petition God. And though in the hole, he looked up. He saw angels ascending and descending. I don't know who I'm talking to. But I hear see God causing the angels to ascend and descend over your life. Whatever your address is, God is sending angels. Whatever that situation is, God is sending angels. Who am I talking to in this building? God is releasing what he wants to release in your life. You ought to go ahead and praise God for what he's getting ready to do. For what he's doing in your life. God is doing it. You ought to receive it. 
when you receive it, when you glorify him, magnify his name in the place because he's a good God and worthy to be praised. Yo, I gotta go, I gotta go. I feel the Glory to God, glory to God. I feel the presence of the Lord. I feel the wind of God flowing in this place. You ought to lift your hands and receive. Lift your hands and glorify God in the building. He's releasing it. He's releasing it. He's releasing it. He's releasing it. Glory, glory. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. He's releasing it. He's releasing it. Will you receive it? Will you receive it? Oh, my God, my God. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The last thing is, how did it produce as much fruit? That when you're in God, you will produce much fruit. God desires, and I'm closing, God desires for each and every one of us to produce much fruit. Look at the, uh, uh, the progression in the, te- in the text. He says, from producing no fruit to producing fruit, huh, huh, to producing greater fruit. And then he says, much fruit. God is about progression in our life that he wants us to produce in every season that we're going through. And I'm here to tell you that you're in a fruitful season right now. Ah, glory to God. You're in a fruitful season right now. Uh, I know we think about harvesting in the fall, but I'm here, I, I see God shifting right now that you're in a season of harvest for your life. Glory to God. And the more that we remain in God, the more that we remain in him, the more fruit we will bear. Because he says, you can't do nothing without me. He says, so you got to stay connected. You want the blessing, you got to stay connected. You want God to answer your prayer, you got to stay connected. You want God to touch that finance or touch that health, touch those children, touch that job. Huh, whatever it is, you got to stay connected to him. He says, if you remain in me, glory to God, and I remain in you. Look at that. God said, I need you to remain. I need you to remain. He says, if you got out, I need you to get back. I need you to remain. Could it be that some of the stuff that is happening in your life is because you've disconnected from God? God said, I need you to get back. This is a season I need you to get back connected with me because I want to do some incredible things in your life. I want to do what man thinks is impossible because the Bible says with God, all things, all things are, are possible. Glory to God. So it's not a time where we need to think about getting disconnected from God. It ought to be a time where we're running to him, hungry and thirst. It'll be like David, like the deer, the panther. He said, deer panther after the water, so, so I panther after you. This is how our, our, our posture should be to God. 
that we're hungry for him, thirsty for him. Not things, but him. Because he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. He said, don't worry about the things. He said, I just need you to stay connected to me. He says, you ain't got to worry about productivity. You ain't got to worry about quality. He said, that's the father's job. He said, the only thing I need you to do is stay connected. To remain in me. Come on and rest on your feet. To, to remain in me. Oh, glory to God. So it's not, remaining is not passive act. Remaining suggests a conscious choice. An ongoing effort. It is the ability daily. It is about daily decisions to stay connected. This is a daily decision to stay connected to God. Every day that we wake up, we have to make a conscious decision that today I'm going to stay connected. I'm not going to let anything separate me from the love of God. Huh. I'm going to stay connected. Problem, situation, you got to get out of my way. I can't let you stop me from getting and staying connected to the God that so graciously gave his life just for me. So how do we stay? How do we remain in him? First, we got to get connected. We got to be saved. Got to be saved. There's no way to be connected to the vine and not know him. The only way we can claim connectivity to God and to the vine is that we got to have a relationship with him. And then we got to pray. Prayer is critical. We got to petition God. Every day of our life, we got to find ourselves praying, talking to him. What spouse does not talk to their, what wife or husband does not talk to their spouse? I mean, something wrong with the relationship if, if they're not talking. You're going to give the enemy a foothold if you're not talking. So just like we got to talk to our spouse, what parent does not talk to their child? You got to talk to your child. You got to talk to people, relationship. And that's the same way with God. God wants us to talk with him. And over these last months, we've been talking to God. And I'm telling you, God is joyous because we've taken the time to talk to him. So don't let it end. Continue to talk with him, commune with him. And then you got to study your word, study his word. That's how we remain. I got to know what God says. I got to know what he, I need to know the heart of God. And his heart is expelled in his word. So I need it. I need God's word. I got to meditate on him and his word. I got to worship and praise him. Sunday morning should be the only time you worship and praise God. I mean, you could do that riding down the highway. I've often been caught up. Caught up. Now, now because I was caught up in the spirit, I had, I had the ability to drive too now. I didn't close my eyes. And I didn't put all that on the, on the Holy Spirit, no. I didn't turn on the steering wheel. No, he does things decently in order. At the job, 
I mean, having a place in your, in your house that you designate just for prayer. Oh, my God. And worshiping Him. There's something about worship and praise. Oh, it just elevates our life. Causes the cares of this world to just go away. Because God has taken us into a heavenly place, a realm that, that, that the material can't touch. That situation and circumstance can't touch. That's why we were going through that, that. We ought to immediately want to go into worship and pray unto God. And then we had a total surrender our life to him. In other words, I know sometimes we try to hold on to a piece. But God said, I want it all. He says, I'm a jealous God. I don't want anything to have you other than me. I don't want money to have you. Matter of fact, I don't want your spouse to be more important than me. I don't want that child that I gave you to be more important than me. And see, we're living in a day and time where we're putting so many other things before God. But then we want God to do some things on our behalf. And God is looking like, which one do you want? You know, if you really want that, you will want me. Because in me is all of that. Glory to God. God is good. Amen. Come on and rest on your feet. Amen. Again, we thank God for each and every one of you. Thank God for all of our guests. Amen. And thank God for uh, the Adam family that joined our church today. Amen. We thank God for that. And also thank God for all of your prayers. Uh, we know we, one of our prayer petitions uh, was about influence. I had an opportunity to meet with the chief um, about a week ago. A week ago, so uh, very fruitful. Uh, meeting. Uh, I believe a lot is going to come out of it. Uh, so we thank God for your prayers. Uh, this week I'm going to sit down with the, uh, the, 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 the acting mayor uh, of Clayton. Uh, I, I mean, it's, God is, God is going to do some wonderful things. Amen. In 2024 and beyond. I mean, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard. Neither had entered the heart of man. Things that God has in store for us as a collective body, but also us as individuals. Amen. All right. Father, we thank you today for what you've done in this place. God, I pray that you would continue to be with us. God, do what you got to do in our life. God, be the master gardener. God, that we may bear much fruit. For when we bear much fruit, the Bible says that you're glorified. So God bless us. Be with us as we leave this place, but not your presence. We give you honor and glory in Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. Have a blessed week on purpose. God bless you.